0: Welcome to The Coaching Cast, your working from home managers club, here to check in with you weekly to share your remote working highs and lows, remind you that you're not alone and acknowledge that there's many of us outside of your living room, kitchen, spare room, car, all sailing through this crazy storm together whilst trying to be the best coach, leader and manager we can be. I'm Susie Hunt, business coach, leadership and sales mentor at Future U Coaching, currently taking on my hardest coaching assignment to date, parenting a one-year-old who certainly doesn't like being questioned. And I'm Lisa Robinwood, founder of Grip
1: Corporate Coaching, performance coach, leader and chief eye roller when it comes to all nonsensical corporate mumbo-jumbo that suffocate
0: rather than advocate. In this podcast, we aim to explore the leadership and coaching techniques required to navigate and survive the current business environment. Masks and social distancing measures are most definitely included. Each episode, will present different topics, which we'll explore and discuss with with some support from some special guests along the way, sharing ideas, hints, and tips as we go. We won't tell you what to do because we hate that, but we'll share and invite you to take away what you want, we hope you enjoy listening.
1: In today's episode we explore how to motivate yourself and others during this challenging time when you and your team are exhausted fed up and frustrated by the ongoing pandemic and restrictions we're lucky to welcome a special guest today and that's mike mayer breathwork coach and creator of the take a deep breath youtube channel and the breathcast podcast and together we intend to give you tips and ideas to support you all to start this year with renewed energy to enable 2021 to be successful so stay with us and enjoy So before we welcome Mike uh, to join us today, Suze, how are you? Hello.
0: Hi. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm a little bit up and down this week. I think um, like many of us, a bit bored with the current situation and the restrictions, not being able to see family and friends mm. go out. So yeah, been on a bit of a roller coaster this week, I'd say. Interestingly when i was working uh, for an organisation in london all i ever wanted to do was be at home more and now i'm at home more <laughs> what i would give to be in london town <laughs> waltzing into prep to buy my lunch um so okay, anybody what else you wish
2: bored- for
0: anybody else getting bored with what um what to make for lunch like i've got no idea of running out of ideas Comments below so, yeah. for lunch suggestions, <laughs> please. Absolutely, I really desperately in need of, uh, of some ideas. So yeah, a bit up and down, and also I had a slightly um, kind of dramatic end to the week last week. Where for any of our listeners who are parents, will probably, and I've told Lisa the story before we started the podcast, um, and <laughs> will probably. Um, resonate with me on on this, but we had our first poo in the bath experience with <laughs> my little boy, and uh, it kind of sent well me in particular, not necessarily my husband, but sent me into a bit of a head spin around how do we now resolve the situation <laughs> in the most appropriate way, which I don't think there is one. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it did lighten my mood, though. And the situation was resolved. Uh, I'm not sure if it was appropriate or not. Oh, well, you've got to tell us now yeah. what you did. What, how did you remove it, Susie?
1: <laughs> there are parents out there, new parents who may not have <laughs> s- faced this situation yet and need the the top tip around how do you, you remove oh, poo from the bathtub? <laughs>
0: Well, I'm not sure I am an expert at all in any form of parenting or in this particular subject. Um, But after I'd done a little kind of scream of, oh my God, I've heard about this happening. This is like actually a thing. Removed the child from the bath area and then proceeded to try and find some form of um, utensil stroke like equipment to remove said poo out of the bath. So kind of ended up using like a mishmash of different things, um, I won't go into the specifics. Oh. Anyway, it, it was removed, it was removed fine. And then it was then all kind of cleared up and sorted, but oh God, for a brief moment, you only have that little like shake and worry inside. A bit be like when you're hungover. Yeah, it was kind of a similar feeling. I'm <laughs> um, well, but it, heard was, heard. it was a bit lighthearted and it definitely did lighten the mood. Oh, I'm pleased to
1: hear it. I'm pleased to hear it, and I'm pleased to hear that the, the poo was safely removed from the bathtub. <laughs> I'd still love to know yeah. what with.
0: <laughs> maybe that could feel like a feature. Like, guess what? The poo was removed. Guess, yeah, guess the pencil.
1: <laughs> I'm going
0: with the anyway, spatula. Maybe maybe we should we should move swiftly on. How are you, Lisa?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think similar. I was thinking about it actually in respect of what we're going to be talking about today in in terms of motivation. Because actually, I think I've struggled with motivating myself through this whole situation. And what I was thinking about it in relation to was the alarm going off in the morning, because I very much still set an alarm. I, I have never been a very good morning person at all, actually. I am a zombie. I love sleeping. I like being in my bed. I have the luxury of not being a parent. So um, it really is just myself that's getting me out of my bed or my husband, because my husband's actually a real morning person. So we're quite chalk and cheese in that way. And um, I set an alarm to give me a kick to get up. But actually what I've really struggled with throughout the pandemic is actually, it's not enough. And it's not enough because I don't feel I have a hell of a lot to get up for. And Actually, having things in my day to look forward to is such a motivator for me. I mean, I love my diary, I love a schedule. Um, So, actually, what I was thinking about was the fact that I'd been having a conversation with my dad this week, and he was talking about how important his morning routine is. And I was listening to him say how, actually, if he stays in bed for too long, it just ruins his day. And I mean, by too long, you know, past eight o'clock, because he's a real early riser. But he was saying about how, he is really um, disciplined with getting up in the morning because otherwise he feels like it just mentally. He just feels lethargic and pretty awful all day. And I thought, that's exactly how I feel. It's the same thing. Not that I'm suggesting it's genetic, but it's just (laughs) was interesting talking to my dad about it and him saying, yeah, actually it's really important for me to get up in the morning because if I lie in bed for too long, just actually the whole act of lying there and not getting up makes him feel dreadful. So it's something I've been consciously trying to do more of this week, which is just get up because actually when I'm up, I'm fine. And it's as though just the action of doing something and physically moving and getting up gives me the action to carry on as though like action breeds action, if you know what I mean. Mm. So yeah. So I found that quite interesting And I think it's still a work in progress. I don't think I'm going to stop being a zombie, but (laughs) I'm definitely trying to be better at just like getting up because I know that's what I need to do. Actually languishing in bed at the moment is not luxurious. It's not a good thing.
0: (laughs) I know, but the dark mornings, especially when it's raining and cold, it's hard to motivate yourself to to literally jump up out of bed.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't say I jump out of bed. So well, I've got a long way to go, but <laughs> fair I enough. I actually get
0: out I get out
1: I get out of my pit. there you go.
0: Well, maybe you should jump out of bed. Maybe that is what will literally force you into the next, you know part of your day. let's let's set myself some realistic goals. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, and um, good luck with implementing the morning routine. anyway, I'll keep you all posted please do okay well should we get chatting yeah let's go cool let's do it so in today's episode um we're going to explore how to motivate yourself and others during this challenging time to help you keep going into this new year we are all understandably exhausted by the pandemic which continues to roll on and tarnish the start of 2021 in an article written by Mairead Val Valdesborg for the Harvard Business Review entitled How to Lead When Your Team is Exhausted and You Are Too. She quotes terms such as pandemic fatigue, work-life blur and mental fog in respect of how people are currently feeling. And I'm sure these terms will resonate with many of you both individually and if you are a leader of people. So as these crazy times continue, how do we create motivation for both ourselves and others to keep going on, keep going and carrying on in the workplace? So here are thoughts and ideas for how. So Lisa, one of the things being discussed in this space at the moment is people feeling um, a loss of leadership energy. So I just wondered if you had any words that you could maybe use which would bring this concept to life a little bit more for the listeners
1: look I mean god 2020 was relentless and the fact that we've come into 2021 and it really hasn't had any change to it if anything that sense of um frustration and never-ending and no end in sight has just continued and worsened and Mm. I think that really has contributed to that leadership fatigue that loss of leadership energy because when this all started last year it was a crisis it was a bit of a shock to the system and I think all of us just jumped into action and many of us who are leaders will be used to having problems thrown at us that we have to react to that we have to fix that we have to find solutions to and actually for some of us not all of us because I think we all do react differently to sudden immediate change, which is exactly what this was last year. Yeah. But you do tend to get shocked into action mode and you seek to fix. And that in itself can be quite an energizer, I think, in some ways, especially for those of us who do thrive on change, thrive on problem solving. And I think there must have been many people who are in that space who all fear and concern aside for health, loved ones, our personal lives, found real solace actually in work with it being that way. However, I think the longer it's gone on, like in any of these scenarios where something goes on for too long I think your energy wanes and I think when you're a leader and your role is to lead people hold people up support people and that includes mood as well supporting other people's mood supporting other people's energy actually that is exhausting and I don't think any of us have endless energy resources to be able to deal with that effectively not unless we stop and think about how are we going to top it up and I think that's where a lot of us are at the moment as we start 2021 it is that situation of how do we top up our energy tanks because this isn't going anywhere it's not over yet but we need to keep moving forwards
0: yeah definitely I think just to build on what you've said the first lockdown you know at the start of last year definitely fight or flight kicked in it was that element of survival of getting through you know that I suppose element of yeah like you said thriving to sort things and put into plan put into action sorry perhaps some of the um skills we've been building or potentially like using leading up to this And we've never been in any of us have been in this situation before and when it's kind of like that first challenge that we need to overcome your energy is definitely more topped up but when you know you have consistent challenges to overcome and resolve it's tiring and it brings a totally different skill set to the fore especially when you're trying to manage your own energy and focus as well as that of others doing that you know five days six days seven days a week is tough and it's really interesting what you said there actually about five
1: days a week six days a week seven days a week because actually I think of that in terms of all of us have been doing this not just at work but at home as well so yeah five days a week maybe with your teams leading your teams and don't forget as well I think when you're a manager you especially a middle manager you're trying to be the source of energy the source of leadership the source of solutions to those that you lead but at the same time you're also supporting up as well and contributing and um you know, helping to solutionize with those who lead you. And yeah. I've worked for managers who can be just as draining and draining on my energy, Um, you know, who lead me as those who I lead. So you're doing it up and down and then at home as well, because we, we've all got families and we're all humans and all of us have struggled at some stage. So you're trying to then be energized and optimistic and hopeful and creative at the weekend too so that's yeah. seven days a week and yeah. Uh, that, that's uh, yeah I, I mean i think it's really tough and as i said especially because with the lockdowns more so i think now than possibly that in the spring and the summer because the weather was great and we were able to go outside but especially now there is no fun or obvious fun or escape so there's no opportunity to break out from the everyday and renew ourselves because we can't go anywhere really. And when, when I say really, we can't, can't go anywhere. You can't change the scenery. Not <laughs> obviously. I say this with caution because I think there are things we can do. And obviously that's what we're going to talk about because I think it's getting ourselves into the mindset of what is possible when you feel the opposite, when you feel like everything's impossible. Yeah. Um, but the obvious ways to escape and renew ourselves refresh ourselves are not there they're not available because we're not allowed so I do think that's that's really tough too
0: Mm. I totally agree totally agree there I think it's definitely a concept which in some ways isn't new so just talking from like personal experience I've definitely through my career had times where I have felt low leadership energy for example uh, where I when I've experienced it, it's probably just before I needed to go what war was about to go on holiday and for me it's that kind of just wanted to like sit still do some straightforward tasks that would not test my patience or not test my ability to create a solution and implement it and just kind of be left Alone a little bit to just kind of get on with some stuff and work my way through, and um, normally a list because anyone who knows me knows I love writing lists and and tick off those you know tasks. But I think so. I think it's always been there and prevalent in the way that um, we operate. But I think the pandemic has heightened it and made it become less of an episode but more of a regular occurrence. Mm. And that sustainability of dealing with or finding this the kind of capability to deal with that situation consistently and the energy as well to do that is something we've never ever experienced before and and it's difficult and hopefully you know through this podcast we're gonna give some hints and tips around how you can move yourself out of that place but um yeah it's it's um definitely when I read that kind of um description I was like that has hit the nail on the head for me in Mm -hmm. terms of the challenge at the moment. So from talking to your, um, network at the minute, so peers, colleagues, um, what would you say is the biggest challenge at the moment in sustaining motivation for ourselves and others?
1: I think it links to what I was saying about when we talked about the loss of leadership energy, because I think actually it's relevant to everybody's energy and that is the lack of an end point and being able to see where we're headed and what the reward is going to be when we get there. Mm. And I think that's so relevant for really effective motivation anyway. So when I think about motivating myself, as well as those that I lead, I think it's about being really clear on what actually motivates us as individuals as well as a collective. And I think it's really important because not everyone is at work for the same reasons. We're there for the base reason of we want to earn money. But above that, it can be such a variety of things. And I think the mistake I always made multiple times when I've led people was assuming that we were all motivated by exactly the same things. And therefore one size would fit all, one approach I took would be suitable. And it just wasn't. And I think identifying the fact that a goal is required for everybody to focus on and then really looking at it in terms of individuals and then a collective purpose and a collective goal helps really to propel a team forwards because everyone's clear about what their motivation is for being there and what they want to achieve from it. But it rolls up to a sole team purpose to keep everyone going and i think with the situation being as it is right now and there not being clarity about when this is going to end mm. the challenge is is to put all of ourselves in control and say okay i might not know when the pandemic is going to conclude and we can start returning to some form of way of living that was there before 2020 but what I can do in the meantime is create um, a point I want to reach that I can control and that I can achieve and I think that's important for motivating Uh, but as I said I think that's the challenge people have said to me at the moment and I think also because people have felt fatigued it does take discipline to get the energy to find that optimism yeah. <laughs> and then create that focus. So it's, it's not, I'm not saying it's like really straightforward, but I think it's possible. So if you're like me and you languish in bed all day, then, you know, not I anymore. tend to, I did, t- no, why well, not anymore. I tend to give myself <laughs> a kick up the backside, get up out of bed and say, okay, so what's today going to be about? I'm, and actually, I, I do break it down into days and weeks. Mm-hmm. That's manageable for me. And, god i love ticking stuff off when i've done stuff and i feel like goal of the week achieved dick um but that works for me that's why but i think that's definitely the theme of what people have said and how personally i think i would attack it
0: okay yeah i think it's an interesting um like subject in totality so when i was um doing a bit of reading in preparation for the episode today i came across a really interesting article which touches upon some of the things that you've just said so um again it's another harvard business review article and um, but it's, i'm just going to read it to you some of the things that it says in there so it says um suggests three positive motivators so these positive motivators often lead to increased performance um in the workplace and there's a danger at the moment of these disappearing so um for our listeners i would have a, urge you to have a think about whether these um, resonate with you at all in terms of what you're seeing for yourself and also for your teams and broader workplace at the moment. So the first one is around the motivator around play. So what that means really is the motive that most of us um, want to be involved in something that boosts our performance but also that helps so, for example, the joy we get together, we get from problem solving together, from getting a challenge, sitting down, you know, back in the day, in a room, and um, problem solving a solution together. The second part, which in this article is around decreasing the visibility of your impact on customers or colleagues. Um, so, if you're working in a business and you used to have a really visible impact on how you were helping customers or um, helping colleagues in whatever capacity and then suddenly because you're now working remotely you don't get to see that full impact in its entirety that falls away for you because it's not overtly there and especially as well and this is a watch if leaders forget to remind um, their teams of the impact you know their um, members have made then actually that's a real watch out that if we don't encourage and um, communicate our purpose. So going back to what you were saying around that collective goal as a team or as an organisation, that purpose can fall away. And that really does impact the motivation of, of people in teams and also impacts quality, impacts creativity, how we adapt. Um, and that's really important. And the third one, which for me, because I find people really interesting, I found this point really fascinating, was around potential. So i never really thought about this before. But if people can't gain access in the way that they normally would to colleagues that teach them, inspire them, develop them, mentor them, coach them, then actually potential doesn't necessarily then grow because those traditional ways of doing and developing potential Aren't there in such um, a clear way for people to implement into their, um, into their lives and into their kind of, um, development. So the challenge with all of that is that if those three positive motivators fall away in the way that we're working and in the way that we're growing and developing, uh, for ourselves and also for our teams, <clears throat> then that will fundamentally impact motivation, which will then fundamentally impact the organizations performance, adaptability, creativity, quality, etc, all those things I said previously. And that's actually something that really is, is worrying, um, mm. if you think about it in that way. So yeah, I was, um, I just kind of came across that. And I wanted to share that in our in our conversation today, because I think that really, again, uh, was a bit of a light bulb for me. No, it's really interesting. And I think it's being consciously aware
1: of those things, as well as what else we've talked about in respect of motivation, because motivating yourself and other people takes work. Yeah. And I think Definitely. it's being aware of that and investing in yourself and in other people and those around you, whether that's colleagues even and peers, if, you know, because we it's important to we all support each other as well as your team, Yeah, to put the effort in. Because all of this takes energy to, to make it happen. And I think being consciously aware of that and committed to doing it is so key. Absolutely.
0: So how do we build that commitment then and, and get to that point where we improve energy and, and motivate, motivation? What would be your top tips for improving motivation during this last stretch, hopefully, of, of the pandemic. I oh,
1: think oh, this has got to be in the end. Um, I think my top tips would be number one, create the ability to start again. So, yes, the current situation feels monotonous and it's boring, but it doesn't have to be. And it's about looking at the small things we can do to create a new beginning. So, I was thinking about it in the context of, in your daily routine, personally, looking at your breaks, looking at how you take your lunch, looking at how you even change up your workspace, do you change a room? Do you, if you have the opportunity to change your room, if you've got the space, do it. Do you change your routine in the workday and even in the work week? And then when it comes to your meetings with your teams, your one-to-ones, think about what could you do differently? to create something new so that it breaks up any monotony because life is so monotonous but we do have the ability to do things differently I think the second one is linked to what I said about recognizing that everybody's different and everybody is motivated differently and don't assume you know what that is Yeah, because that can change all the time as well. So I think exploring with your individuals in your team and explore with yourself as well. I, I say this all the time. I think it starts with you Um, what is what does motivate you right now and seek to create a purpose for yourself, a goal and a reward and then do that at a team level as well. And that also helps to maintain some form of pressure and standard. Because that in itself can really help to give structure around motivation. Yeah, And then the third thing is really looking at how you top up your energy tank and create some new habits that support you to have energy to keep going. Because that also is about looking after yourself and helping you to become more resilient. It's like picking up and starting again on a daily Mm. basis. And, you know, I get this wrong all the time, but I remind myself tomorrow's a new day. Um you know mine is get up out of bed it's also put on some proper clothes as i've done today (laughs) i've got a dress on today audience not just a t-shirt and i even put on some mascara and some blusher looking sharp i haven't bothered to do my hair but that's a step too far Um, (laughs) but yes that's what i would suggest they're my top three
0: what about you okay so um I would agree with all three of those. um, But to kind of add some additions in, um, I would say to break milestones in a project or blocks of time down into sprints. So what I mean by that is, if you know you need to complete a certain task, give yourself and diarize like an allocated amount of time, which is, for example, like 30 minutes to do it, all of the distractions away and just try and do it in that um, kind of short amount of time. And I would kind of summarise that as a sprint. Um, And I've seen that I've used that in actually in organisations and it does work really well, especially if you're on a project with um, one or more people, it is a way of working which does drive focus and momentum. So I would really encourage um, having a look at that. The second thing I would say is um, do the hardest task first because actually when you're trying to motivate yourself, it's really hard when you look at your list to think, oh, I'm going to do all of this and I'm going to do it all now. Um, it's easy to just think, oh, I'm just going to pick off the things that I can, you know, know I'll, I'll enjoy or I can do fairly straightforward. Mm. We've all done it. I do it. That's, that's totally human. But actually, <laughs> you know, I think... If you can get yourself to do the hardest thing first, the sense of achievement and reward you'll get, once having completed it, will motivate and spur you on uh, and others around you into the next part of your day or to the next part of the project or whatever it might be. So I would really encourage you to try and do that if you could. And then the next thing I probably had is around, um, like you were saying, kind of in your, especially if you're a leader, of a team or of people that want your next one-to-one with your team or um, the individuals within the team your prep is so important because sometimes often as leaders you forget to actually prep you just turn up for the conversation and then you're like oh what have I actually come here to talk about what do I need to land how am I going to do that and um, so Perhaps building in some questions around motivation. So, like Lisa said, so what energizes you? So, finding out from that individual what it is that energizes them, because, like Lisa said, it's it's different for different people. Um, some people just want to re- do a really fantastic, great job and be recognised for that. Some people want to be financially rewarded. Some people want to be, you know, called out in front of their peers. So, it, it really depends on the individual. So as a leader, you need to carve out some time in that one-to-one interaction to really understand and explore that. And that all comes down to the questions that you ask, which means you need to be prepared. Um, and
1: we'll uh, we'll share some couple of questions at the end of the episode for you to try out this week that supports exactly CeCe's point.
0: So yeah, I hope that kind of discussion resonates with you um at the moment you know it, it is tough out there um but we're, we're here for you every week um and we'd love to hear your you know comments thoughts about this topic if you have any or have experienced it yourself uh please let us know so to summarize here are our three top suggestions for you this week number one try and create a new beginning in your day. So whether that's a new routine that you know will work for you, a workspace, or just making sure that you take regular breaks, whatever it is, just try and reset your day at regular times, which will keep you motivated and give you energy. Number two, find out what motivates each person in your team. Find out the why, and don't assume it's the same thing as you. And number three, top up your energy tank.
1: In today's episode, we explore how to motivate yourself and others during these challenging times when you and your team are exhausted, fed up and frustrated by the ongoing pandemic and restrictions. We're super lucky to welcome a special guest on today's episode, Mike Mayer, Breathwork Coach and creator of the Take a Deep Breath YouTube channel and the podcast Breath cast. If I've said that right, Mike, you can correct me yep. later. So Mike, lovely to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I'm um, really glad to be here.
1: I think to start off with, which, which, what would be really helpful is if you could just tell us a little bit about Take a Deep Breath and what it's all about.
2: Okay. So yeah, so yeah, it's very cool to be here uh, with you guys. So thank you for your time. Um, so Take a Deep Breath um, is a YouTube community of about 70,000 people, um, all obsessed, I think, in some way or another with breathing or breathwork. Um, so the channel now has something like 120, 150 dedicated breathing videos. And people think, well, what the hell is breathing? What do you mean? And uh, to quote my partner's mum, and she's like, what the hell is he doing? Breathe in, breathe out, you know, and, uh, <laughs> which, you know, actually on, on paper is correct. Um, but but uh, if you think about breathwork a bit like how maybe you'd think about yoga, um, or mindfulness, we sit in that kind of category. Um, okay. so, so, so breath work um, it's essentially conscious breathing. So that's just taking control of our breath. Um, okay. And we're the only animal on the planet to date that we're known of that has this power or magic to take control of our breathing because for every other animal, it's completely automatic. So we have this power to control our breath. And science has shown that the way we breathe affects the way we feel and think so by changing consciously our breath, we can change the way we think and feel. So it's, it really is a bit of a superpower.
1: Wow. And it's, it's fa- and it's fascinating when you talk about it, because even in the way that you state there about us being the only animal in the animal kingdom that can control our breath, I think even I would be in the space of thinking, but my breath is involuntary. I just breathe and I don't put a lot of conscious effort into it. Not that I realize potentially. And Actually, it's only from listening to your podcast, Breathcast, and obviously spending time with you, that I've realized how wrong I am about it. And it's caused me to be so much more conscious of my breathing when I'm walking, when I'm trying to sleep, when I'm exercising, especially now when I'm running, I'm really conscious of just breathing through my mouth and thinking about whether that's a good thing or not. And whether it's doing me any favors when I'm like panting up a hill, um, and I think yeah, it's it's really interesting. As I said, I honestly would have thought of it as an involuntary reflex, not a conscious one.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it really is automatic most of the time. Hmm. Um, so we breathe about twenty five thousand breaths per day, um, and you know, ninety nine point nine percent of those are going to be automatic. But they are—they are they're almost a learnt behaviour. So if you look at a young child, they're breathing with the belly, they're breathing with the diaphragm. They've got a really good natural breath routine, but as we get older and become more self-conscious and we see the barbie dolls and all these different things we start <clears throat> sucking our stomach in so our diaphragm can't move properly uh, we, we're experiencing chronic stress all the time and stress breathing is mouth breathing so we still end up breathing the mouth with our diaphragm not moving we end up breathing shallow so so we end up changing this thing that was given to us by nature and we end up ruining it but the good thing is we can go back and we can kind of recapture it again but if you look around if you go i know obviously right now there's not a lot of gyms that are open but if you go and look at a gym or you you go and look at people running through the park, most people have got their mouth open. And it's a good point to address because probably most people listening may not know this. And I only knew that, I only learned this less than two years ago. And I've been on this breathwork journey for four years. Breathing through the mouth is trauma to your airways, and it sounds crazy the first time you hear it. You think, What? No, I've been doing it for, for years, but your mouth is for eating and for drinking and for talking. It is not for breathing. It's an emergency evolutionary backup if something's going on. If there's a saber toothed tiger here and you need to run, then your mouth can open up to help you with that panic to get, you know, tense and ready to go. But in the office, sitting down at your desk, you should not be panting through your mouth because you're stressing yourself out. And actually what happens is when you mouth breathe, well actually no, let me flip it around. The benefits of the nose are this, there's many, but the nose is a wonderful organ that we, we think it's just this bit that sticks out, but actually it, it goes into your, into your skull. It's about the size of a snooker ball. And uh, it's, it's huge. And in there, there's all sorts of things. There's, there's these things called turbinites. And what happens is the air gets forced in through your nose and it spins around and it goes into the sinus cavity. You've got all these hairs. You need to leave those hairs alone. I only <laughs> learned this the other day. I didn't know this, this only came to me. Um, this is a so- good
0: top tip, yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> those,
2: those hairs are, are, are evolutionally placed there to filter rubbish out of the air. And if you remove too many of those hairs, you're suddenly taking away one of your first lines of defense of cleaning the air. And with what's going on now, COVID. Um, it is a genuine shock that they're not talking about nasal breathing because with mouth breathing, the air just goes straight in. So anyway, so with the nose, you've got the, you've got the filtering going on. You've got, uh, this thing called nitric oxide, which gets released by the nasal cavities. This sterilizes and cleans the air as it goes in through the nose, it also travels down with the breath into the lungs. And there's also a way for the air to be absorbed better into the lungs. So if you don't have nitric oxide. I think it's like 20% harder to get the air into your lungs. So it does that. It filters the, sorry, it warms or cools the air. So if it's too cold outside, it'll warm the air for you. If it's too warm, it'll cool the air for you. Also, when you breathe out through the nose, you retain 42% more moisture. So again, if you think about at the gym, <sighs> And running, you're losing so much more moisture and you don't need to, because if you keep your mouth shut, you can use the, you can use the nose. So it's a, it's a wonderful gift we've been given. It creates the right amount of pressure that we need as well. So the minute you're using this, you lose all those evolutionary benefits of 2 million years. And you just go to this <laughs> and, and, um, the other thing as well is the nose is connected to the diaphragm and is connected to deep breathing. So, um, if you think about your lungs, um, the gas exchange that happens between carbon dioxide and O2, it happens really at the very bottom of the lungs, really towards the end. If you're shallow breathing, most of your air is kind of sitting in the airway, it's sitting here, it's sitting at the top of the lungs. So you waste so much, uh, of your breaths and, uh, I don't have the chart here, but if you breathe slower, you, um, and less you actually get more oxygen into your, into your cells, which is just crazy. But actually by panting through the mouth, what you're associating there is uh, upper airways breathing. And if you ever watch somebody take a deep breath, I mean, if actually, maybe we can do this test for you guys Mm, now, if I can ask you both to take a deep breath for me on the count of three, one, two, three. Yeah. So Lisa, you'll have to watch this back. I didn't see it so much with you, Susie, a little bit, but what you'll notice Lisa is when you took a deep breath, the shoulders I, rose. I know, I saw
1: that as well. Yeah.
2: And um, that is because you're, you're conditioned, as, as most of us are, to have some form of this kind of um, upper airways breathing. And even though you use your nose, you might have that condition where, and I've suffered from this for years, I will suck my gut in because I've just got used to doing that. I've done um, that for
1: years. As soon as yeah. you said that, I know I don't use my diaphragm, and it's intentional because I'm always sucking my stomach in. I've been doing that since I was a chubby kid because I was really overweight when I was... A teenager and I held my stomach in and actually I saw it as a bit of a, um, bit like a badge of honor that I could do it and that I still can do it. And actually it's totally false. I've got a massive gut, everyone. Uh, I just hold it in all the time. No one knows. It's just, I've just let out same, a secret.
2: Same. I've, I've, got, I've, <laughs> got, I've, I've got the same, the same problem. And um, it, again, it was a bit of a lightning strike. I was like, I've been doing that for years. And actually I've got, I've got lower back problems. Lower back problems are associated with not, diamatically breathing properly. Cause when we think about, um, oh, the yeah, core, um, the core is associated actually with your abs. Mm. Uh, and one of the best ways to get strong abs is to use your diaphragm properly. Um, and, and so actually mm. we, when we freeze the diaphragm, the whole system can't work properly. We can't take a proper breath We're not, and the diaphragm has these other, um, benefits. It's, uh, it massages the heart and it massages your lower organs. So when your diaphragm's moving properly um, you've got kind of all your guts there below the diaphragm's pushing that down and massaging it. When it's coming up, it's massaging the heart. And there's again, so many benefits connected to the diaphragmatic breath work. Um, and most of us are freezing that. And we also wear tight clothes and belts and we want to hide things. So, so there's a the real pandemic of bad breathing because of just something as similar as uh, something as simple as using I'm just belly. just ticking
1: off all these things at the moment. <laughs> yeah, oh, my goodness. I've got lower back problems as well. I've got problems with my back. I, always talk about the fact i have no core it's useless um oh god and all this time there was me in the gym trying to do sit-ups and actually i just need to breathe properly
0: yeah although Uh, what it does tell me is the fact that i've been wearing joggers for nearly the last year has helped in terms of massaging your diaphragm (laughs) diaphragm and my organs so that's that's i'll take that as a benefit
2: (laughs) So, 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 so here's the good news your body wants to breathe properly so it doesn't take that long for you with some conscious work to go back to learning how to breathe properly because we already know how to do it we've evolved mm. to do it we grew up doing it we've just stopped doing it so actually there's a series of tips and tricks and exercises how to do that and we can talk a bit about that today as well mm. um, but you know a lot of it will be <clears throat> consciously taking the time so a bit like how people take the time to meditate or to stretch we should be taking the time to learn how to kind of recapture our proper what what people call functional Breath work. That's Mm. the thing. Functional breathing. A lot of us are dysfunctionally breathing. It's a bit like going to the gym and and lifting a weight, but lifting it all wrong. I'll just quickly list this for you. So, good breathing is this good breathing is uh, rhythmic and consistent. Um, Good breathing is silent. You shouldn't be able to hear good breathing. (laughs) It's not good. You know, you've got strained (sighs) breath work. Um, Good breathing is through the nose, and good breathing is using the diaphragm. So, those are the sort of key things that we should be looking for. So, if you are breathing through your mouth and you're you're pausing you know that's that's the opposite it's bad breathing if you're using the chest and the, and the shoulders are going up again you know that's that's not good breathing and if you can hear somebody's breathing and it sounds labored then these these are signs of dysfunctional breathing and they're the sort of things that you can work on and you can absolutely fix
1: amazing so what inspired you to get into breath work and ultimately to become a breath work coach
2: Complete accident, 100 percent accident. So Lisa, you and I were working at a big energy corporation together yep. several years ago. Um, and I'd gone through uh divorce and uh, was a little bit lost, I guess, in life. I wasn't sure what to do. And listening to loads of podcasts, listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, before it was ultra cool like it is now, back in sort of 2014-15. <laughs> um, and um there was a guy on there called Wim Hoff who's this Dutch athlete and he's got 26 world records. Um, and I've always been terrified of the cold and cold water. And um, Something inside me said, you need to go and spend some time with him because he was offering retreats. And I had a little bit of money and I thought, I'm going to go and do that. So I went on the website one Saturday and booked it. And that was it. I did it really without thinking, without planning. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Poland in in three months time. I'm going to go and spend a a week with with Wim Hof. Um, And and it was literally that, just something in me said, you you need to go and do this. Um, And and without going too deep and too far, um, I think there's this thing around, as you get older in life, you start to think there is no magic. You know, everything is just what you perceive it to be. You go to work, you watch TV, you go to bed, and that's it. And then this guy came on the podcast and I was like, there's, there's some magic here, something's going on. And by magic, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not being silly, you know, it's, there's a lot of science here, but just something special There's something special. I'm using the word magic. And anyway, so, um, flew out to Poland, 60 of us with this crazy guy, he's screaming at us, he's got his dog and he's chanting, he's got his guitar and, um, and on the first day we start doing these breathing exercises and I've, I've got no idea. I've never done the breathing exercise in my life. This is 2016, sort of November, December, never done the breathing exercise. And, uh, already my head's all light and tingly and I'm starting to feel these things I've not felt before. And I've seen a documentary by the way, which you, you can watch on vice about this. saw that first and people are crying I thought, oh God, what wonder if that's going to happen to me. And, um, Anyway, fast forward through that week, we're jumping into ice baths, we're climbing mountains in our pants in minus five degrees. Um, But the thing that got me, the thing that really got me, and I've, I've told this, I won't go into the full detail of it, but we did a breathing session, which lasted about an hour and a half. And it was this deep breathing, deep, deep breathing. And when you do deep breathing, what you're actually doing, and people don't realize this, when you're taking these big breaths in, you're not oxygenizing your body. You're taking oxygen away from your brain. Because what's happening is when you're taking deep breaths of oxygen, you're lowering your CO2. And when you don't have enough CO2 in your body, you can't get the oxygen to your cells. So your oxygen can't get to the brain because it doesn't have the CO2 to help that happen. So by taking these big breaths in, I'm depriving my brain of oxygen for a significant period of time. And people still don't really know what's going on during this period. One theory is that your your brain thinks it's dying. So it releases all of these lovely chemicals, endorphins, and possibly even DMT, which is a very psychoactive drug. So anyway, did all of this breathing, had some fantastic visualizations, had some big experiences with this group, people crying, people laughing. And anyway, after that session, I was like, there's something to this, something's going on here, I need to know what this is. Got home. There was nowhere to practice this breathing because doing it by myself is rubbish. You know, a group of 60 of us doing it, it as a real energy in the room and we couldn't, couldn't do it. I was just sitting on my bed and this is, this is rubbish. So I made a video how to do it so I could listen to it. And I put it on YouTube and just really forgot about it. And then it was about a year later. Someone said to me, you know, you've got like a thousand subscribers on there. And I was like, no. And I looked and the video had just, you know, because it was really the only video at the time that had that particular method on it. Um, And then from there, I just started making more. We were traveling, me and my girlfriend, and I had some spare time, and I thought I might make another couple of videos. And every video just grew and grew and grew and grew. Um, And then pandemic happened last year, and I thought, you know what, I've I've got a a good feel for breathing. I only really know one or two methods. Um, and I don't really understand the science. I really want to understand what's going on here with science. So um, I then signed up to Patrick's oxygen Vantage course. And that's when I became a breathwork instructor because I thought I'm putting stuff online. I, I know how it makes me feel, but I don't really know what's going on, what the physiology means. And I'd like to know that. So, so really I had to, you know a bit of spare time because of the pandemic, a bit of spare money because I wasn't paying to get the train to work every day. And so that's where I then became kind of a breath coach. And then from that, the podcast happened because through the training, I met some, some people that were in the breathwork industry and they recommended certain people like james Nestor, um and then yeah that, that's it so that that in the essence is the short story so some crazy breathing followed by you know <laughs> learning the science to, to here we are today
1: yeah which is i mean it's fascinating and thank you for sharing mike because i do remember that journey you went on Yes, we were working together very closely and I was fascinated by what you were doing at the time and it felt like such an adventure that you went on and it was not something I'd never heard of before. And actually, I did love the kind of eccentricity of the whole thing, especially, you know, seeing you in your pants running up a mountain, Um, which, you know, it still tickles me today. But in terms of how what you've learned has then impacted your day-to-day And especially because, you know, predominantly you're still very much in an office environment um, when, you know, you're not, it's not COVID. Um, You know, how do you take what you've learned and what you continue to learn in this passion of yours into what you do in work as well?
2: So like you mentioned a little bit earlier, Lisa, I think being aware of your breath is massive. So actually going back to the energy company we worked for, when I got back from that, that, that Poland experience, the Wim Hof experience, I went into a meeting on the Monday. Um, I don't think you were there at that time, um, but it was quite a stressful meeting and a lot of people were very angry. And uh, often that the way sounds actually right. we were. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, say,
1: um, sounds like exactly every day. Don't you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and um, I come back with this awareness of my breath and I remember thinking, Oh my God, I'm panting. And I had never really realized that before I was panting. And I, was, I was tense in my stomach. and I was basically in a, in a form of panic breathing in, in the first meeting back of the, of the week. Um, so, Now that I'm aware of that, so if I go into a meeting now, be it on Zoom or or what have you, um, I'll be making sure that I'm nasal breathing and I'll make sure that I'm taking big, slow breaths, deep breaths. Um, Sorry, not big, deep, uh, deep breaths. And um, that, that will be a big thing because especially if I'm being attacked, you know, it's like in the corporate world, you might be having some, some, some challenges. Um, so if I'm having a challenging situation, I'll make sure that I'm having that, that, that kind of breathing. Um, but I think if we just take a step back, because I think there's, there's, we, we spoke very lightly about sleep earlier, um, without, cause we talk about, you know, how do you motivate a team of people? Mm. How do you, um, how do you bring the best version of yourself to work every day with the pandemic that's going on? Well, well for me, sleep is the foundation. And I think it's, it's very easy to say that, um, and we all, we could all reel off information right now about what makes good sleep, but then actually do people practice that? So for me, I read a book called Why We Sleep by Dr. Matthew Walker, and it had the wrong effect on me. It stressed me out. I was like, I need to get good sleep. Um, and I read it just before I went traveling. And so there was many excursions that me and Nina wanted to go on, like, you know, go to a volcano for sunrise. I was like, Mm-mm, don't want to ruin my sleep. So I actually, actually had the wrong effect on me. Okay. Um, okay. So don't so, read that
1: book, people. No,
2: but, but in <laughs> essence, the it, the book will talk about things like margaret thatcher and ronald reagan and how they both you know famously said i get by on four hours of sleep a night and both got alzheimer's you know and so it talks a lot about the benefits of sleep but also Mm -hmm. the problems if we don't get enough sleep so so i think when when we talk about how do you bring a motivated team in how do you bring the best version of yourself and how do you get through this pandemic how do you do all those sorts of things my number one tip would be sleep uh, and sleep linked with breath you can still you know there's many things you can do for for getting great sleep i don't know if i've shared these crazy glasses with you guys oh very matrix Um, yeah so for anyone who's who's listening
1: these are these are red perspex very much like the sort of thing that Lawrence fishburne wore in the matrix i would say or even neo actually but they're just red very, so very trippy
2: i think i think you've um you've over complimented my awfully looking glasses so you can spend 200 pounds and get some beautiful ones you know really fashionable or you can spend <laughs> 15 quid on amazon and get these ones um, and, and, and what they do is they block out blue and green Uh, light waves. So you only see red. So if you imagine Terminator 2 at the end, when you're looking through the eyes of Schwarzenegger, that's what you're seeing. And you think, well, why the hell would you want to do that? And it's because all the screens we look at, even if you put blue light mode onto your screens, you know, if you put night mode onto your phone, it's still chucking loads of blue and green light into your face. Um, And what that's doing is sending signals to your brain to say, it's midday, you shouldn't be going to sleep because it's, you know, there's danger outside and it's midday. So you need to wake up. So you can still fall asleep after looking at your phone. But again, you won't get into the lower, you won't get into the lower levels of sleep. So by wearing something like this, when the sun goes down, you can still enjoy staring at your TV, staring at your phone. So it's a bit of a hack because a lot of people say, you shouldn't watch TV when the sun goes down. You shouldn't look at your phone before you go to bed. Well, actually for some people that relaxes them. So something like this can can be a little hack for you um, to do that. So yeah, just worth considering like Amazon, something like that. Anyway, I digress all over the place. I think sleep is really important and the sleep will get you to where you need to. And then the breathing exercises as in slow nasal breathing is what I bring into the office to to go back to answer your question.
1: Yeah, Hearing everything you've just described actually is making me second guess that because now I'm thinking, actually, I do wake up with a dry mouth. I have become a snorer. So I have started snoring quite badly in the last, I would say, seven years which I don't think I had before. So something has changed and I think I must have reverted more to mouth breathing to now be snoring so much. And that is something that is in the back of my mind as to why that's happening. And I do often wake up. I wouldn't say I wake up grumpy. I wake up in a state of, um, I call it like a zombie state, where I just feel as though I can't, I don't have the energy to get up like I feel really lethargic and yet I've been asleep in my, I believe I've been asleep for seven hours. So yeah, it's definitely an interesting one. Um, And I think it's one, sleep is one of those areas, especially when we talk about energy, which I don't, I think gets overlooked quite a lot, as in it gets dismissed, as in there are other secrets to finding your energy when actually that's kind of the most obvious one when you think about it, because we sleep to rejuvenate. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
2: that Matthew Walker says that uh, I've got a pill for you, and this pill will make you lose weight and be happier and uh, reduce um, risk of cancer by thirty percent, reduce diabetes by I think fifty percent. I might be butchering the figures. You know, it'll reduce um, inflammation in your body um, and all these things. It'll make you feel happier. Do you want this pill? And the pill is called sleep. You know, and so 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 that that book, as much as it stressed me out. Mm. Change really did was, was as big a game changer as, as breath was. Um, the other thing to just, uh, I mean, you can, you can Google sleep hygiene, but the other thing that was a real game changer for me was not eating. And I, I do still drink a little bit of tea or something, but not eating at least. So making sure that the last piece of food that goes in my mouth is a minimum of three hours before I want to be asleep mm. because, um, that, that, what happens is, if your body's busy digesting that food, um, it can't run all the sleep cycle functions it needs to. So, for example, it, it's as crazy as sounds. Your brain, it washes your brain. There's there's a, a chemical gets released, and it kind of scrubs some stuff that's going on. And if you're busy digesting, you can't can't get rid of that. And that again is a precursor to Alzheimer's, apparently. So it's it's so important to have that kind of digestion done before you you kind of hit the sack, a cool bedroom.
1: And, and what benefits have you personally seen from? Taking all these steps to improve your sleep and your breathing.
2: Yeah, well, sleep was always something I struggled with. Um, if I think back to probably just before I started working with you, Lisa, so mm. if I go back to maybe 2015, 14, I was drinking probably too much. Um, I would eat. I was a, a midnight snacker um, and uh, didn't really respect sleep at all. Um, and I was you know five, six, seven, eight years younger then as well. So. Um, if I look back to that period to now, I, I'm definitely a more functioning human than I was then. Um, I think it's something like you're 30%, you've got 30% more concentration when you've had a good night's sleep. So if you think about that, think about what you're trying to do at work. You know, we talk about personal development plans. We talk about, oh, I need to get better at presenting skills or I need to get better at, you know, be, holding uh, objections in the meeting. Or actually just imagine being 30% more effective. That that in itself is going to help all of those areas. So we get too caught on I need to get up early and go to the gym and then I'm going to go work and maybe I'm going to do a course on something. Well, actually, no, no, get some more sleep, but be conscious of the fact that you've got that sleep because you know it's going to help you be better in all your yeah. life.
1: Yeah. And how that changes then your mindset and how you, as you said, right at the start of this, when talking about breath work, actually how it makes you feel and how you're thinking about things and Mm. that in itself, I think how it affects your mindset can be such a key motivator because so much of what demotivates us is actually Mm. what we're thinking about. So actually if you're helping your body to be in a stronger place Mm. through sleep, through breath work, through thinking about what you're eating through thinking more about your routine, even like when you said, you know, when are you eating actually, all of that as stealing your word gives you the foundation to be in a better space, to be thinking about things. And I think that's so important right now because unfortunately what's going on around us is not necessarily helping our mindsets. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: you know, and, and all of that is going to demotivate and cause anxiety and additional stress yeah and for everybody yeah. who's still working working full-time working from home you've still got the same stresses at work they haven't gone away actually you've still got a job it, you have still got goals in some ways it's worse because objectives. you are
2: you don't have that buffer period where you're traveling home and you can kind of decompress a little bit mm. you finish work and you're in the lounge and you carried you've carried it straight away with you yeah. so you yeah. have to be a very you have to, I think routines now are more important than ever you know I know for some people they don't even need to get dressed they can just go to their computer and log on and start working you know crawl out of bed in within 3 minutes but you know they may be they're speaking to customers you know and that's that's not good for you you know you no. need to have those routines
1: yeah and we've talked about that in some of our previous episodes about how to you know the benefits of working remotely as well as the the negatives and how to better manage those negatives and and get more of the positives and talking about boundaries is what we've talked a little bit about so that you're really clear about the structure of your time and your day and Mm. that working doesn't just become this endless never-ending cycle yeah where you have no rest which coming back to your point Mike is is in terms of what you've talked about here about energizing yourself and motivating yourself rest is so critical (laughs) so yeah no it's really interesting so how can people learn more about you Mike and breath work where
2: can they yes. go? Yeah. So so if you go to YouTube and type in take a deep breath um, and you see a big pair of pink lungs pop up, <laughs> that's me. Um, I'm on, Insta- on Instagram. It's takeadeepbreath.co.uk. So that's our handle there. Um, and soon there will be takeadeepbreath.co.uk, the website. Uh, but as of yet, no. Um, so YouTube and Instagram are the places to find me and us and all the videos.
1: Yeah. And the podcast, of course, as well. Don't forget the podcast. Yeah. So, oh,
2: how can I forget the podcast? How can you yeah. forget the
1: podcast? Um, <laughs> the, the, the podcast
2: is on the YouTube channel, um, but you can also go to iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts and we should be there under either Breathcast or Breathcast or Take a Deep Breath. Yeah, you can find it under, under both.
1: Brilliant. Thank you, Mike. And there's so much great content there. I've learned so much from listening just to the one or two episodes I've picked up on, um, on top of obviously speaking to you and uh, the fountain of knowledge. But I do think, like we've talked about a bit before, and it will be something we repeatedly talk about through um, this podcast, the coaching cast, is awareness and raising your awareness. Because once you know something, it's very hard to forget it, I think. And Mm. all the way through this, Um, interview with you Mike all I've thought about is my breathing and how I can breathe more from my diaphragm which (laughs) I'm I'm keen to explore because I know what started out as something I was proud of I don't think I'm going to be that proud of for that much longer as I'm getting older so I need to stop sucking my stomach in and just accept the gut and work at it a bit more authentically probably and create some actual abs so if diaphragm work and breathing is going to help me to do that I'm all for it (laughs) Now, time for this week's listener question. This is where you, the listener, send us your workplace dilemma or question, and we try our best to answer them and offer some suggestions.
0: Okay, so this week's listener question is from Katie. Uh, so let's have a listen. Hi, Susie and Lisa, it's Katie here from Nutsford My question this week is: as a solo printer, I feel like I have so much to do,
1: and there's just so many different facets of my business. Sometimes I completely feel overwhelmed and don't know where to start. My question is, is when these feelings of overwhelm creep in, how do you stay motivated?
0: Okay, thanks, Katie. So, Suze, what what are your thoughts on this for Katie? Firstly, I've never heard of the term solopreneur before, and I love it. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Um, Me neither. It's such a great term. I'd never heard of it either. Yeah, add that to my repertoire. Absolutely. So yeah, thank you for that. Uh, I've learned something new today. Um, <laughs> but aside from that, Katie, we'll answer your question, <laughs> which is around, uh, obviously, when those feelings of feel overwhelm, creep in, how do you stay motivated? So first of all, I would say, um, this: those feelings are a normal part of growing and learning. So don't feel that they are things that you shouldn't be experiencing or feeling they're totally normal i personally love writing lists um and i think lists really help in terms of getting it all out of your head into an organized manner and then being able to break things down uh, and, and prioritize and then you know taking like one task at a time and the um beauty and Real, I personally get from ticking off those tasks when they've been completed on that list is, you know, really, really good. So I would definitely say um, write a list, but I wouldn't write a to-do list. Controversial, I know. I would write an achievement list. So actually the things that you need to achieve rather than the things that you need to do, because the brain will automatically kind of resonate with that seeing those words of to do Um, and I think this gives you a really good foundation as well of how you can look back on all the great progress you will have made so it's kind of like it acts as well like a little mini achievement diary when they're all ticked off and done So I think that's a really good little exercise. And as an addition, you could even start, if that doesn't work for you in terms of like that list format, start an actual like achievement diary, which you enter in and make um, additions into like every day or every week, whatever works for you uh, of all the things you've achieved um, that day or week. And again, it's a really good thing to be able to kind of look back on in terms of the progress that you've made and how, those feelings of feeling a bit overwhelmed uh, disappear. So they would be my top tips uh, on, on how to stay motivated when you're feeling a bit overwhelmed this week. I
1: really like that, Susie. Achievement list, not a to-do list. I'm taking that one. I'm taking that one. <laughs> That's a great tip. Really like it. So I think really to build on what Susie said, I think just remember that if you are a solo I don't know if I've even said that right now, to me, you're the one in control, you're in charge. And so actually, it's you who makes the decisions. And that can be exciting and exhilarating at the same time. So actually, you can choose to do what you want to do, and what you feel is most important to you right now, or sorry, to utilize what Susie said, you can choose what is most important for you to achieve right now. And that can be what you focus on, because it's all within your control to do so. And as I said, that's really exciting. So I think there's an element there of just reframing what you're thinking and recognising that actually our thoughts and our feelings aren't always particularly helpful to us and aren't always our friends.
0: But we can change them and we can make them Um, more helpful. We can. Absolutely. If you follow us on Instagram, um, you may have seen a post that we, we posted uh, a while ago around our self-talk. And I think this plays into um, what Lisa was just talking about there, about reframing the way that we're thinking about uh, our situations and um, the way we talk to ourselves and how often we talk to ourselves is crucial. Take care, Katie. Good luck with the achievement list. Yeah, let us know how you get
1: on, please. So if those of you who are listening have your own thoughts on this situation with Katie and her challenge and would like to share, reply in the comments, or you can email us at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk. Equally, if you yourself have got challenge at the moment or a question that you've got or a situation that you would really like our thoughts on then please also email us at hello at coachingcast.co.uk and we can
0: explore featuring you in our next episode it's now time for bullshit bingo where we call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace which quite frankly make us cringe today's bullshit bingo is, drum roll please, because of COVID in the context of that won't happen or is not allowed because of COVID. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this
1: isn't technically just a workplace one. I've heard this so much in the last 12 months and in the most hilarious scenarios as well. And it's just so annoying and so, yeah, irritating when you can see straight through it that there is no logical sense or link. And I know some people may also be feeling that way about our restrictions and the rules, by the way, (laughs) when I say this. Um, But that aside, when it really is something to do with the fact that, I don't know, like last summer, for example, no, sorry, madam, we haven't got any strawberry ice cream left because of COVID. That is a classic because of COVID excuse. I mean, come on, people see straight through it. Talk about destroy loyalty and trust no strawberry ice cream because of covid
0: yeah that's a bit random (laughs) i didn't Um, hear about that massive strawberry
1: shortage during covid (laughs) don't (laughs) fob us off we've got enough to deal with because of covid don't abuse the term that's what i say
0: We are coming to the end of today's episode where we've discussed motivating yourself and others alongside our special guest this week, Mike Mayer. Our tips from today for you to go and try Ah.
1: So number one, create a new beginning in our day. So whether that be your routine, your workspace, taking breaks, just give yourself the opportunity to have something new to keep yourself motivated during this time of monotony. Number two, find out what motivates each person in your team. Find out the why and don't assume it's the same thing as you. Having a purpose is such a key motivator. So go and help others to find it. And number three, helped with um, the insights and experience of Mike is top up your Energy tank. And the top tips that Mike suggested were if you could just lift it up a little bit more for me, Sue's brilliant, is rest is critical. So going and getting more sleep because sleep gives us the foundation for greater energy and enables our brains to be more switched on and therefore more motivated to do more. And really think about your breathing. So really interesting there from Mike. So close your mouth and breathe through your nose and really become more consciously aware of taking deep breaths using your diaphragm. So some really great stuff there. Thanks, Mike.
0: Yeah, thanks, Mike. So um, another thing this week is try asking yourself the following couple of questions to help you remain motivated and for those around you uh, as well. So number one, on a scale of one to 10, how motivated do you feel right? right now what's the one thing you can do today to move this closer to a 10 and ask your team members too in your next one-to-one with them or in your next team meeting number two what can you do differently this week to create more energy for yourself and your team every day and number three ask your team how can we ensure that we come out of this situation better than when we went in What will we each commit to in terms of making this happen? We hope you enjoyed today and have some new ideas to take away and try for yourselves. If you have any questions, thoughts or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. So please contact us at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or Instagram us at thecoachingcast. And thanks again to Mike for joining us for today's episode.
1: Your support means everything. Therefore, if you like what you've heard, then please give us a like, comment, and most importantly, subscribe to future episodes, and of course, share with your friends and family. In our next episode, we'll be discussing resilience,
0: so more to come on that later. We both love music and we use it to motivate and energize us. So we like to finish each episode of The Coaching Cast with our personal song recommendation, giving you positivity and energy as you launch into your next Zoom or team meeting. My choice this week is taking it back to the 90s (laughs) and it's E17. It's all right. So please go and give it a listen wherever you listen to your music. Brilliant stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. And remember, you got this.